Hello, I'm Larry Markowitz, and this is Spotlight Aisha, the podcast series presented by Aisha, the International Association of Young Lawyers. Today, I'm speaking to you directly from the Aisha House in Brussels. Over the course of season three, we've been exploring the topic of efficient law firm management. Today's episode is entitled Building Resilience in a World of Constant Change. We'll discuss today's stressful times, both in the world at large and in law firms in particular. And after we've stressed you out, we'll learn what law firms can do to encourage resilience and reduce stress levels. How can stressed out lawyers learn not only to survive, but to thrive? We'll also learn the importance of focus and how to remind ourselves of our purpose as lawyers. We live in a time of constant change, a time when younger generations especially face insecurity and unpredictability. The pandemic, war in Ukraine, inflation, cyber attacks, climate change, and the list goes on. These external crises are increasing stress levels throughout society, leading to widespread burnout. Law firms were already high pressure environments, but in these volatile times, law is getting even more stressful. The only way to overcome this challenge is to develop resilience. To learn how, I'm joined by Doctor of Psychology and motivational speaker, Elka Gerards from Brussels. Welcome, Elka. Thank you. Very happy to be here, Larry. Great to have you here. Elka, you've held academic positions at universities such as Harvard, St. Andrews, and Rotterdam. You're the founder and CEO of Better Minds at Work, a consulting firm that supports organizations worldwide and the well-being of their people. And on top of that, you write books on resilience. You certainly lead a busy life. Yes, that is true, uh, but I find it really uh, interesting to have many angles all uh, working on resilience. What prompted you to choose mental strength as your calling? Well, during my doctorate research, I uh, saw many uh, survivors of childhood abuse. And often you had people who had coped really well and actually said that the childhood abuse made them more resilient, that they thought they want to prove uh, that they could have a successful life. And very often I was confronted with the mental strength of these uh, survivors and it made me uh, choose mental resilience really as a topic for all of my research later on. But also when uh, I started my company, Better Minds at Work, that was the main angle to improve mental strength in people. Now, these days, society surfs from crisis to crisis and technology has accelerated the pace of change. And the younger generation faces an unpredictable future leading to record levels of mental anguish. How can we overcome this challenge? Well, I think at first it's really important that we are much more aware about our brain and how our brain deals with crises. Very often when people are confronted with challenges or crises, they get passive, they feel resistant, they hold on tight, just wait and see. While I believe that especially in these times of crisis, it would be crucial to have a mindset to deal resiliently with whatever challenges happening upon you. So the first step, Larry, is becoming more aware about how your brain is reacting to change and how you can overcome that. Now, now we often hear this word resilience. Is it just some new age buzzword that came up recently or is it, how is it relevant to our lives? 
Well, resilience is uh, the ability to adapt to difficult or challenging life circumstances, to deal with the crises. And I don't think it's uh, like currently a buzzword. It's already been going on for many years, but of course, more highlighted during this uh, poly crisis. So it's a word we've just heard more and more of. Uh, it's always been a concept that's been studied and clearly your, your PhD is uh, attests to that. Yes, and it's more relevant to a bigger part of, of our society now because everyone is facing challenges and has to deal resiliently with the, with the crises. And therefore, I think uh, the topic of resilience is uh, becoming more popular also in the media. You see it uh, appearing uh, quite often. Now let's move on to lawyers. Law is a stressful profession. Each client thinks they're the only client and they expect solutions to their complex problems to arrive yesterday. Now as lawyers, we deal with long hours and ever increasing demands. And by nature, lawyers are high achievers. Many of us tend to be perfectionists and we're trained to anticipate worst case scenarios. Uh, this combination of factors can lead, I would say, to higher levels of stress and result in insomnia, anxiety, even burnout. Elka, what practices can law firms adopt to help their associates and partners deal with these pressures and become more resilient? Well, I think at first it's important that we are able to talk about mental health on the work floor in the law firm. Uh, very often, if you ask people, how are you doing? The most common response that people give is busy. I'm busy as it implies that you're leading a successful life. While I think it would be a lot better to, to honestly discuss how we are doing, show our vulnerability much more to our colleagues, also in law firms where there is a lot of stress and it is only by sharing how you are feeling, what's going on with you, that people can help you and be more resilient. And I'm a strong believer of what I call collective resilience. It's only when you share with each other how you're truly doing that someone can spot when a colleague is overworked and you can help him or her to, to get energized again. So it's important um, to, to, to get a sense of everyone's battery, as I call it. Um, going from the green zone where you're very resilient to a little bit more stressed in the yellow zone then more um, you get into a, a longer exhaustion period and totally overworked. And it's important uh, to get a sense about your own battery, but also about other people's battery. So there should be an openness in, on the work floor uh, to talk about how you are doing. Is the fact that we work by the billable hour method uh, somehow uh part of the cause of the problem where we're always proud to say we're busy because that means you're building more hours, which financially means you're a more successful lawyer. Yes, I, I think so. But it's not only for lawyers. You see it in, in many jobs that people think like, I'm working long hours, I'm working late, I show my engagement to my employer. Well, I think it's uh, more about focus and how we can get most of the hours that we are working. So it's a question of setting limits, perhaps, with your bosses, with your clients, that sort of thing? Yes. Um, nowadays, it's often been said, like, no is the new yes. It's really <laughs> important to create boundaries towards your colleagues, but also to your clients. Like, 
especially if you're providing services, it's vital that you sensibilize your clients about focus and about how difficult it is for our brain to be constantly available because it's taking away so much of our focus. So we have to sort of train our clients. In, in other words, from what I understand, we only have a certain number of hours per day that we're able to be mentally focused. So yes, they might want the answer yesterday, as I said, uh, but if they mm -hmm. want a good answer, it might be best if they uh, take advantage of those few hours a day when you're actually at 100% focus. Exactly. And as you said, everyone thinks that they're the only client and that the lawyer should respond immediately. Um, and um, we're actually supporting several law firms nowadays and not only improving focus of their lawyers, but also sensibilizing their clients about the importance of focus and uh, that sometimes being not available to your client might mean that you're prioritizing their case and you're having like deep work on the file and they're not constantly available. And, and how do you do the communication plan vis-a-vis -vis the, the clients? Do you have sort of a, a master plan of how a lawyer should talk to their client to train them and get them used to that idea that you're not available 24 hours a day? Well, it's not like a master plan, but it's like um, giving clear signals that it's important to set boundaries that you are not uh, always stretching your boundaries but sometimes dare to say no even if it's an important client it's the same like with children sometimes you have to educate them and uh, be strong about it and hold on and get to a, a better space together what if a client says well there's uh, five other law firms in town uh you know, I, I'm going to go to one of those firms because they're available 24 hours. Yeah, but how long will that remain realistic? That's true. You and the quality that... of work they get may not be the same. You have to make them attentive to that. True, because being available 24-7 means, first of all, that, that you're okay with being distracted all the time, while sometimes your work needs deep work. But also being available all the time means that you're uh, missing out on sleep, which is vital for good work. Um, so there are a lot of reasons why uh, this uh, constant availability is, is not sustainable. And yeah, it might be the case that there are some law firms in town who are available 24 seven, but they're also dealing with stress and burnout. Um, you see it everywhere nowadays. So. It's really vital that everyone is taking care of their brains a lot better and uh, be vital on the moments that it really counts. Can you provide some uh, tips for an individual lawyer to cope with all this stress in our profession? And uh, I'm of course asking for a friend. <laughs> yes, sure. Well, I'm glad to help your friend, Larry. Uh, well, first of all, it's important uh, to be much more aware about signals of stress. Often when we are on automatic pilot, we accept that we're stressed. We might feel uh, like pressure on our chest or we feel a headache or a stomach ache or we notice it when someone is asking us something quite politely and we hear ourselves shouting. And you think, what a loose cannon am I today? So often we're not aware about what's going on in our brain, in our bodies and uh, just hold on with the chronic stress inside us. And of course, that's 
very unhealthy mentally and physically. So first of all, be more aware about the signals of stress. Um, on top of that, it's important uh, to be focused about really setting the boundaries that we just talked about. Um, and also like keeping your intrinsic motivation high. Uh, often when we're leading our busy lives, we forget about why we chose to go into law and that you are not finding the, the resources, the energy anymore, uh, why you ended up in law school. And every time it's important to think back about that and, and find those energy resources in your job yourself. And that will be the perfect antidote to stress. In my introduction, I talked about purpose. So I suppose that's what you're talking about when you yes. talk about the reason you went into law in the first place. So remind exactly. me why I went into law. <laughs> what sorts of reasons? Is it to seek justice? Is it to, what are typical reasons that lawyers go into the profession? Yes, exactly. And in the, the busyness of our lives, we often forget about that purpose while it says everything about how, who we are, what our identity is, but also what might give us energy. And it would be a pity if we don't search for that energy ourselves uh, throughout our days. And I imagine, well, you mentioned sleep, uh, proper diet. I imagine exercise is important as well to deal with stress. Yes, uh, exercise is very helpful. It's not only physically healthy, but it's also helping you to clear your mind I think I can speak for almost everyone that he or she is suffering from FOMO, the fear of missing out. And it means that our brain is always on and it can never recuperate anymore. And during uh, physical exercise, at least, uh, I would hope that uh, your brain is not directed to your smartphone and that it might recuperate in some way and get energized again. So it sounds like social media is not the most positive thing, especially if you overdo it. True. Um, it's entertaining for our brain, but let's be honest. Are we really interested in all the cats, dogs, babies and healthy breakfasts of our social network? Actually not. But it's like these little bits of stimuli that, that, that create novelty for us and our brain loves it. But Honestly, our, our rational brain is really not interested in, in, uh, in knowing all these little details and wants to, to find that purpose again and, and get into the deep work. And uh, well, therefore, it's important to restrict uh, uh, social media. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert psychologist, but I, I like the idea of mindfulness, living in the moment. Is that what you mean when you write about focus or is focus and mindfulness, are they two different concepts? Well, focus is more the broader concept. And for some people, mindfulness might be a means to get into focus. Um, I, I'm, I'm really a big fan of improving people's focus. Focus has often been called the new IQ. Well, you might be as smart as Einstein, but if you're not able anymore to focus on your priorities, what are you with that high focus? And so multitasking focus, is not a good idea, it sounds like. No, it's certainly not. It feels like we're multitasking, but our brain actually can do it. Also not the female brain, it's a myth. We cannot multitask. It is actually switch tasking. And every time that we switch a task, we are losing time. 
we're wasting our energy and we're more uh, inclined to make mistakes. So single tasking is really important and getting in the flow and that's what focus is all about. So that state of flow, which, which happens when you do sports, but it also happens, I find, when I'm working on an interesting file as a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And interestingly, there's been a lot of research uh, showing that people who often experience flow are a lot happier, but also their surroundings at work, but also at home say that they love to have that person around because of the good positive energy. But interestingly, there's also research showing that people who often experience flow are significantly less diagnosed with a variety of cancers. So it seems like flow is having a really positive impact on people's health mentally and physically. And I think we should all have the ambition to, to get in the flow daily. So not only will you uh, get more billable hours and do better legal work, but you may live longer if you could get into more of a state of focus. Uh, which leads me to my next question. What practical uh, suggestions would you have for improving one's focus? Well, first of all, challenge yourself to single task. Put away distractions. Put your phone on a flight mode or put it away for a while and really have a deep dive. Put all notifications off so that you're not being distracted, but also like Think about like if you want to go into a focus mode, we often uh, grab for a coffee and then we get back to our computers and see that the emails have been entering our mailbox and we think, let me start with this. And before you realize the issues of the day have taken over and focus is gone. And yeah. often people ask me like, what can I do to get in the flow? And then I like to refer to top sporters. Often before they start, their activity before they need to do a top performance they have a certain ritual like soccer players might be touching the grass or making a cross and often people think it has to do with religion or superstition but it's actually not the case it's what psychologists call an attention ritual something small but that your brain and your body know now we're going to do a top performance and it might be something small. And actually, Larry, I experimented with it myself because of all the literature that I had read about this attention ritual. And I said to myself, every time when I want to go to deep work, I put on a song of one of my favorite artists, Leonard Cohen, mm. and always the same song that I was replaying, take this walls, take this walls. And honestly, in the beginning, I thought this is silly, but I, I kept on holding on because of all the literature that I read about it. And after about four weeks, magic kicked in because I just put on the song and I noticed how I immediately closed all distracting web pages, put my phone on silence. And there I was with my priority in full focus. Now, I don't mean to say that everyone should become a fan of Leonard, but I want to challenge the listeners, like experiment with your own attention ritual. For many people, it's indeed a song that you play out loud or in your head or imagine a certain scene like the waves rolling on the beach or like 10 deep breaths with your stomach, like experiment with it. But be aware it should be something unique. It cannot be a cup of coffee because 
You also drink that in social gatherings and your brain should understand immediately, like, what am I supposed to do? It's not like, are we going to get social or in focus? No, it should be something unique. And on average, it takes about four weeks time for this attention ritual to kick in and have an impact because that's the time that your brain really needs to literally rewire to more focus. So these superstitions that we see athletes uh, performing, uh, they serve a purpose. It's not just strange superstitions. Uh, yes. Any other ways that people could, uh, besides resilience and, and focus, are there other ways that people could be kept motivated in their jobs, especially as lawyers? Yes, well, we talked about um, thinking about your purpose, like finding your why and asking yourselves often. One of the whys for many people is connection, whether it's connection with your clients or with your colleagues. But too often we see, especially after the pandemic, that people isolate themselves. They start working from home and don't go into the office as much anymore. While connection is one of the biggest resources of energy for every employee, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, and it gives you this sense of belonging. So even if you feel inclined to not seek connection, challenge yourself and see what impact it may have on your motivation, on your sense of belonging and your purpose. Thanks, Elka. I, I've learned a lot from this discussion. I wish we could go on longer, but we're up against the clock. So as we approach the end of the episode, let's recap. Perhaps you could give us three takeaways from this episode. Yes, I'm happy to do so. Well, first of all, become more aware about what's going on in your brain. Uh, get like an insight about what signals you might have if you're feeling stressed. Think about your battery going from a green zone where you're resilient to exhausted in the red zone. And find out for yourself in what phase, what signals are appearing and find ways to get back in that green mode. On top of that, be aware that focus is the new IQ. Especially in law, I'm convinced that it's really important to have a deep dive and uh, get, get a good focus on your priorities and um, spend a lot of attention to the details of, of your case. And on top of that, ask yourself almost daily, like, what is my purpose? Why am I doing this again? And do I still, still feel this sufficiently in my job? And if not, what can I do myself to get back in the driver's seat and find that purpose? Elka Gerartz, thank you for sharing your practical insights on building resilience in a world of constant change. You're welcome. Very happy to do so. Great to have you here. This has been episode three of season three of Spotlight Aisha. As our season progresses, we'll continue to explore the topic of efficient law firm management. We'll also present highlights from AISIA events as we lead up to AISIA's next annual Congress set to take place in Rio de Janeiro from August 21st to August 26, 2023, where the theme will be Rethinking the Law in Four Dimensions. Tune in to our next episode when we'll discuss business development. If you like what you've heard and wish to be informed with upcoming episodes, Follow Aisha on our social media channels, or you can simply download Spotlight Aisha wherever you find your favorite podcasts or at aisha.org. 
For all of us at l'Association Internationale des Jeunes Avocats, this is Larry Markowitz wishing you stress-free times filled with focus and resilience. Have a great day.